thing. Nice. It's been a good. It's been a minute. It's been uh, it's been quite a while since we have convened together to talk about music. You might say that this is our own personal little Guns N' Roses reunion. <laughs> Except I didn't hurt my leg and I have to perform in a big weird light up chair like Axl Rose does. Yes. Have you seen the videos of that? I've I've I seen have, a still yes. image with the guitar necks. It's kind of I don't know if they were going for a Game of Thrones thing with that, but it's kind of stupid looking. I, it just reminds me it just reminds me of like the NBC Peacock. <laughs> the more you know. So, album listening club, we're back. We're better than ever, and we're totally oh, are we on time. And we are just as big <laughs> as we've always been. I'm your host, Polly. Welcome aboard. And this is the this is the podcast where we listen to albums and we talk about them. We're the only podcast of our kind. Joining me, as always, is our good pal Taylor. Yeah, hello. Our good pal Byron Halter. Hey, hey. And the always sexy and extravagant boner. I'm getting a cowgirl drunk tonight. The, whoa. Uh, call back. <laughs> oh, my God. So, uh, uh, this episode is going to be spearheaded by that lovely boner fella. He, he got to pick uh, what we listened to this time as sort of uh, the last dude in the... Uh, uh, in, in the cycle, so uh, I, I get this is the part of the show that I enjoy the most, where I get to toss it off to somebody else, and I ain't got to do much else. So, Boner, what'd you make us listen to? Following on last time's selection, um, I just had to have something that would really continue the theme and just drag us all down into the pressing muck and mire of the apocalypse. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Only maybe not as candy coated and fake. Yeah, well, uh, well, eh, that may that remains maybe to be be discovered. I guess yeah. I'm talking in high voice for reasons. So, who here has heard of a little band called Killing Joke? I've heard of them. I'm raising my hand. You can't see it though. Okay, who heard I of them have. prior to me? Giving you the selection for this uh, this album listening club. I did. I, uh, I but I've only been familiar with them through individual songs and one other album a friend let me borrow in high school that I don't remember the name of. Killing Joke is one of those bands that they're influential, but they're maybe not as well known in the mainstream. They're not super unknown. That, that's a Soundgarden ah, album. Ah, I see what it's you silly. did. I see what you did. Yeah. They're, they're probably most famous for um, Nirvana having ripped off the riff from 80s for Come As You Are. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's that's where I've heard of them. Um, so not, not to go too deep into the history, um, Killing Joke is a post-punk band that emerged in the late 70s and early 80s, um, released a couple of albums um, in the you know post-punk and new wave genres before kind of breaking up and reforming and um, going into and more of an industrial sound. Mm-hmm. And what they started on in like the late 80s, early 90s, and then um, 
split up and then reformed again with the original lineup after the death of their uh, longtime bass player, Paul Raven. Um, I had kind of stopped listening to their stuff, uh, their newer stuff about mid late two thousands until I saw that they had uh, an album released in the year 2012 entitled MMXII, which is all you, all you final fantasy, all you final fantasy fans. Mm -hmm. Polly is the biggest final fantasy fan would know that this is 2012, the year that the world ended. See when you like when you sent us this album, you, it was like MMXII. I thought, what? We're just gonna like listen to Mega Man X two tracks. <laughs> nice. Yeah. That was a <sighs> that was a dumb joke. Don't nice that. Don't no. Don't don't fucking insult my intelligence. We could postpone this for another uh, four months, and we could come back and talk about the virtues of the wheel alligator theme. <laughs> wheel alligator. Wheel alligates. So when I um when I was like, oh hey, Killing Joke, I remember that band. Um, I'll I'll give this album a listen, and I kind of listened to one or two tracks, and I was like, no, nah, that's interesting. Um, sounds kind of like their '90s industrial stuff. Not really my cup of tea. Mm. Okay. So then you were so like, then, I know, I know what fuckers I want to associate. I, I know, I know who I want to inflict this on. Yeah. <laughs> Well, no, I didn't pick the album back up until um, uh, until just before we recorded the la- last ALC, and then I was like, you know what? I, I think this. I-, I gave it another listen. I was like, well, this is incredible. Um, and mm. <laughs> <laughs> that's but, my my, my it, agreement. <laughs> but was my uh, my was that assessment correct? Well, I guess we'll find out. So, um, you know, right off the bat, it's kind of a doomy and gloomy again with. Uh, alluding to the 2012 apocalypse kind of sets the tone for what kinds of um, subject matter we're in store for. So um, just first impressions, uh, Taylor, we'll go with you since you gave such a rousing endorsement just now. That that wasn't me. That was me, actually. The other one. Okay. The other that didn't murder. happen. You <laughs> still, he's still, got, he's still mean, got it on track. Don't worry. We're still on the track. Fire it. <laughs> Sure, uh, I'll go first. No, 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 no. I uh, I really loved it. Uh, it was just I. Okay, so like they're industrial. Is that the the genre you would you would classify them under? Oh, well, industrial rock, but I, I don't really want to go as far as say industrial alternative because that conjures up filter and stabbing westward and really like early <laughs> killing joke kind of. And if we made those kind of those bands. if we made those kind of references, we'd never be able to save ourselves. <laughs> no one listens to this. It's fine. Genre nerds aren't going to care. Fine. Go ahead, Byron. Okay, no, no, no. So, so I, I don't know. It just like it, it reminded me of of a certain music that I that I listened to in high school and like completely stopped listening to uh, when I went to college. And so there was just like. Uh, I, I thought it, the whole thing was taking itself way too seriously. Um, and like all the songs were probably like 25% longer than they needed to be. But it also was like so perfect, such a perfect pick, uh, of the genre for me to return to after like a decade or so. I felt like <laughs> nice, nice, uh, Taylor, who is not Byron, um, your thoughts, <laughs> you can moan though, if you want. Mm, uh, there you go. 
That's as that's that's as moany as I'll get for this podcast. Um, let's see. Billy well, Idol. <laughs> well, as neither Billy Idol nor Byron Halter, uh, this this album I think took a while to grow on me because, like, it's just it's it's a very like mid tempo kind of snoozy affair in my opinion. But you know, I think there there's a lot to talk positively about here. <laughs> right, right. Um, like I said, when I gave it a full listen, I thought it was really good. And then on subsequent listens, I was like, did I make a huge mistake? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> well, that just means you're being, you know, you're you're being critical. And that's what the whole idea of this podcast is, is to kind of like re-examine those kinds of things, I think. You mean we're not paid to shill albums and give them glowing reviews? If we are, I'd like to know where the money went, because I don't have any cocaine up my nose. <laughs> it, it went to buying recording software. Oh, yeah. It works all the time, it turns out. <laughs> money well spent. <laughs> so, um, although you don't have coke in your nose, you had some songs in your ear. So what do you think, Polly, about um, this first impressions, 2012, this, Killing Joke? You got this hosting thing down, man. You got, like, transitions working smooth like butter. You're on a roll. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> It was immediately ear-catching for me. This is just, like, the kinds of sounds that I love and the kind of production that I really like. It's just, it's grimy. It's an ugly beast. It's just starting out. It's just, you know, it, it immediately, just immediately grabbed me. It was immediately arresting. Uh, I, I think the thing that I can agree with uh, my first few listens were that, yeah, some of these songs probably needed to be a couple minutes shorter, um... <laughs> but, but but all in all, just, like, the production, the songs, mostly, just like, yeah, hey, like, this just jived with me. Like, I listened to this uh, pre- quite a bit uh, up until, you know, we started getting ready to record. Uh, you know, it was like my Binding of Isaac buddy, uh, you know, and, like, RPG grinding mm-hmm. or whatever. So, yeah, like, I've, <laughs> I've, I've, I've listened to this album uh, quite a bit. Yeah. So... So, Killing Joke is the soundtrack to the Toho's, then? <laughs> yeah, it actually, yeah. Like, I muted the Toho music, and, yep, pretty girls beating each other up to the sounds of a guy who's who's taking his subject matter a little too seriously. <laughs> or maybe, I, I was... it, maybe a little too on the nose, I guess, is what <laughs> some of the lyrics might read as. It's just like, it's a little on the nose, you could have probably dressed that up a little better. Uh, the... <laughs> This band is made up of a bunch of old geezers. I mean, they've been oh, yeah. they've been doing this for decades, and yeah. um, I, I I get <laughs> overall. Um, first of all, the uh, you said you um you fell in love with the sound of it. Um, I was kind of afraid at first that like the whole thing sounded too compressed. I tried listening to it on you know headphones and stuff. Still wasn't really feeling it. I recently bought some new speakers with a subwoofer and so when I was doing my repeat listens in preparation for the podcast, I was like, "Oh yeah, there's there's some sounds in here that I just didn't hear before." And like as muddy as it all is, there's there's little things, there's little payoffs in there if you really pay attention that to what just sounded kind of just like a really sludgy depressing, overbearing weight <laughs> through yeah. a lot of these songs. 
Yeah, this 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 album is definitely you know a, a victim of the loudness wars, but I think that there are yeah. certain albums that it works for. Like uh, like an album that I feel like that kind of sound works great for is the Mars Volta's Nocturnicate. Like that album is just a sludge and just a lot of mind bending sounds that I think it really benefits from that saturation and loudness and sort of like the dissolution of life. So it, it really worked for me uh, on this record, I think. Good endorsement. Um, so let's just jump right into the songs and like we'll we'll kind of uh, come back to some of these <laughs> overarching themes that we've already hit on. But um, right out of the gate, we've got Pole Shift, which starts off with some space radio samples before. And just going into a, like you know a, a clean clean guitar, a nice you know mid tempo thing, and you know with some some nice uh, vocal stylings of one Mister Jazz Coleman. Mm-hmm. Um, so who wants to take it away? Uh, I think that this is a perfect opener for this album. Uh, it's it is probably the biggest offender. Um, as it relates to just being way too long, like this song could have ended at the six minute mark when uh, the synths yeah. came in again, but then they draw it out for another two and a half minutes for no reason. And it's just repeating that same guitar riff and synth riff over and over. Um, so I think that it outstays its welcome, but I think that it is an excellent introduction to the album. Like you definitely get a feel for like what he's going to be doing vocally um, and lyrically for the album. You get a good hint of like, yes, this is going to be a mostly mid-tempo album that's going to chug along and kind of just bring you down into the murk and mire. <laughs> so, yeah, like I think it's a good opening track. Just needs to be a couple minutes shorter. Yeah, it is the longest song on the album. It clocks in at almost nine minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> And, like, every and, other track on the album is, like, four to five minutes, so. Um, so, what? yeah, where it does, it's like, I was, I was like, on the initial impression, um, I was kind of like, well, no, this is a, you know, decent song, and then it, like, launches into that almost punk riff, which was, which is something that um, another band, um, kind of in a similar vein, a um, little more doomy, typo negative, gets mm-hmm. a lot of flack for just being slow and plotting and boring but what a lot of people who maybe haven't given a lot of their catalog um too much of a second look is that they do uh, burst out into these punk explosions and killing joke um it may be not quite as well known for that kind of play i mean a lot of their the, maybe this album isn't overly representative of their songwriting just motif in, in, in as far as tempos go because mm-hmm. um, they do like a lot of a lot more up up tempo stuff or at least they did before they decided to get all industrial in the 90s but um yeah if if it didn't have that play there there would be no excuse for this song to be nine minutes and even then it's kind of a stretch so byron how do you feel about pole shift well how do you I... feel about the shifting of the uh the the axes of the magnetic poles of the earth in general well, right so so this the whole theme is is 2012 uh and, and for those uh more recent millennials who who might not remember uh 2012 was like the world was going to end the mayan apocalypse uh they ran yeah. out of dates in the great mayan excel spreadsheet 
um, <laughs> that, that keep track. And that, that meant that there were, there were no more days after that, essentially. And they um, made a crappy John Cusack movie. Yeah, they made a, they uh. made a boatload of, of crappy movies. Uh, and, and so, uh, and so that's definitely the, the theme on this. And this is, a, I, I thought this was a, a really great, great track to open up the album. Uh, like Polly said, and, and lay, uh, it's definitely like a taste of what's to come uh, and the, the like the lyrical content, especially about like cycles repeating themselves and north and south poles, like a lot like changing places. But it's all going to happen again. Uh, and like a resignation to cycles. Uh, yeah, I, I thought it was really great. Yeah, it's a really happy message just saying that humanity needs to be flushed down the drain and everything just start over. <laughs> Flush it also, down. Uh, uh, the the end there they had a uh, was it the children of like Elias uh, I think he mentions uh, it's like the first of of a lot of Bible references that pop up yeah. uh, uh, in this whole album obviously like relating to end of days and stuff like that so so that's the first of um, of a motif that that definitely gets harped on a lot. Taylor, what do you think? Yeah, this definitely feels like a three-minute song that they just repeated three times. <laughs> but yeah, it it definitely it's it's a good sort of indication of like the ways the guitars are going to be played and like an introduction to the lyrical themes and the motorhead isms of this guy who's singing for us oh yeah yeah, yeah. His, his voice has long been compared to lemme kill mister i think it got more pronounced um as he got older <laughs> yeah which well, that's that's natural that's going to happen to a voice you know the older you get it's like every old every old english guy just turns into lemmy after a while <laughs> i'm jealous i'm jealous yeah, How we, old are, are these guys at this point? I, I they've got to be like late fifties. Yeah, at least. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But, but I guess what struck what struck me immediately with the album is just, uh, this like the style of guitar playing is not like super typical of this kind of doomy industrial sort of deal. It's very, it's still quite rooted in their post punk kind of days. Cause Jordy Walker kind of plays like Robert Smith. If Robert Smith turned on all of the distortion pedals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's always been known for a very clean guitar sound and it went, even when they got more doomy and industrial, it's still there. It's just lost under like the, the mire of the production that's taken on. Yeah. 
outside of that one, totally not changing up the script that much into FEMA camp. And um, basically this album saying, hey, we sludge metal now. Yeah. <laughs> this is my jam of the album. I oh, yeah. Love, oh, really? I, I love this track. Mm. It, is, it is this ugly, big, lumbering, <laughs> hulking beast of a song. Uh, I think that it paints maybe even a better picture um, than Pole Shift did uh, of just like the dark and grimy atmosphere that the album's trying to uh, go for. Uh, I think the vocals are, you know, starting to show a little bit more dynamics too. And I think that that is something that continues to. Uh, to trend as the album goes along. Um, I-, I wish the sense would have cut through a little more uh, than the mm-hmm. guitars on this one. But yeah, this is just by far my favorite song on the album. It's just, yeah, it's ugly and beautiful at the same time. I absolutely love it. Yeah. I'd, I'd say that if, if this is not my favorite song on the album, there's only one other contender that we'll get to later. But yet, FEMA Camp just has there's something about like just the drums and the guitars and how they work together that just this song has like an evil, it's evil kind of sound to it. It's, it's 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 tribal without being played as tribal, if that makes sense. Because it's it, not. It's like- very. It's very similar to um, a song on their pen, uh, the self-titled song on their Pandemonium album, which um, was a little more up tempo and had like a, I mean, it had that same like evoking a caravan imagery maybe not as plotting and that song had like some middle eastern guitar riffs this has other th- i mean it's it's still got um you know the guitar really kind of carries it along but it's it's again it's um kind of in there in the mix with all the other elements there's you, you can almost hear like little clinking bells kind of kind of like i don't know i imagine like a caravan with like clanging pots and chains and stuff mm-hmm. but um the lyrical content is just like, oh, it's it's the sunniest. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. As far as I can tell, it's like um, trying to evoke the imagery of, you know, there's disasters everywhere. Basically, the, the government comes in and enacts martial law, and yeah, it's almost like um, the opening stages of The Last of Us and just like the sunny utopia that whole setting was. We'll end up burning in the furnace of a FEMA camp. <laughs> That's so lovely. Such a lovely yes. imagery to paint. Yes, well, it's, it's, it's uh, uh, they're, they're them being like a, a, a British band, especially like, and not even like FEMA being an American. Like this was, this was very mm-hmm. much fresh after uh, their hurricane, right? Uh, uh, hurricane Katrina had, happened like seven long. years before this jeez yeah. <laughs> oh, i don't even oh, it all melts together well a but different is, national tragedy i'm sure yeah um, but but, but hurricane that, katrina is still kind of like the lingering stain on the public image of fema yeah right uh so i, I thought that was interesting i guess of like having a, an american song i guess uh written by the british well, band something well something they like, they did have a song called America, um, one of their '80s albums. So uh, don't worry, they're they don't have any love lost with uh, us across the pond. Off it. Uh, what'd you think so, of the song overall, though, Byron? Oh well, uh, overall, uh, I yeah, I I I thought it was uh, uh, 
it, it the lyrics the the lyrics like I listened to it a couple times because like I don't know the first time I hear I heard them I, I actually like couldn't believe them and it sounded very like high school political <laughs> rock like if someone was writing their first song and they're like uh, names on the blue list are picked up later. And the red list goes to the incinerator. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like scratching that down with the number two pencil. It's um, very juvenile. Yeah. And, and so that's like uh, uh, that. And again, like uh, burning the fiery furnace of a FEMA camp, like the fiery furnace is, I, I, I don't know. I catch that as another like Bible reference cup popping up. It, uh, it, it paints a bleak picture, but I mean, it's not exactly Auschwitz. Or, you know, well, it's not that he'd have you believe. <laughs> it's like the well, that's the funny like the Amtrak, uh, like the that. Amtrak, uh, wait, yeah, the Amtrak rail uh, leading to the siding where a turnstile waits for all those disembarking. Blue zone, red zone, humanity fades. So I'm going to join up with the renegades. It's uh, um, it it uh, it it makes me wonder. Uh, Grant Morrison, uh, the, the comic book writer, uh, wrote a series called The Invisibles. And in volume two, uh, which took place in America, uh, one of the major plot points was like this secret government camps being set up that were using public transit transportation. The subways, they were like taking, kidnapping inner city like people and putting them on the subway to like disappear them essentially. And that's like... This song, like, I connected that. Again, another British uh, artist doing, like, commentary on America. And I think we're calling, like, themes of American internment camps and other things. Uh, And so that that's... uh, I don't don't know. Uh, uh, Other than the fact that, like, the song felt like it was written by a 14-year-old. I kind of dug it. (laughs) Yeah, I I think a recurring theme in this album is going to be that... I, I I don't know if uh, Jazz Coleman was the principal songwriter on this, but it just feels like a lot of falling in love with your first draft, yeah. B- both lyrically and production-wise. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I think this does, and Polly touched on this a little bit, is a, a sort of a problem I have with the production of the of the album is that the bass guitar and the synthesizers just sort of blur together in many parts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They don't oh, really yeah. cut through uh, the guitar. No. They are like the wash of guitars that you're constantly <laughs> inundated with. No, and yeah. they and they're back together with their original bassist, um, Youth, is the moniker he goes by. And um, on their early, more post-punky stuff, his bass was just like really, I mean, almost like poppy and not not really slappy, but I mean, it had a presence. And um, it, when you when it carries a song on this album, you notice it because otherwise, it's just yeah, it's just. Basically, it's just a yeah. big wah, 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 it's wah, a wah, wah. it's like a big garbage barge just like trucking the song along at the sledging pace in you know in <laughs> most of the slower songs on the album anyway.
So uh, taking a tonal shift um, and, and also a tempo shift, um, we go into uh, Rapture, which is a, a slightly dancey number that starts with a, a buzzy kind of jankly main guitar riff that doesn't really change all that much. Um, I don't have a lot to say about this one other than, you know, when, when you go on a repeat, listen to this album... This is where, for me, it really starts to see, yeah, this is where the overarching problems of the album first start peeking out, namely uh, the repetitiveness, you know, the lack of, like, bridges or instrumental breaks in a lot of songs. Um, Killing yeah. Joke doesn't really do solos. Um, no, no, they don't. <laughs> they are Saint Anger. <laughs> I, no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Uh, that's a little harsh, Polly. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. At least when the drums sound like tin cans here, it's it's for effect. <laughs> well, I uh, I I I'm sensing a theme here uh, with Killing Joke again. This is my first Killing Joke album, um, but I'm sensing oh, I'm a real sorry. theme uh, in that uh, whenever they get around to a chorus, they have the guy do his most guttural yell and he just says a word or a phrase and maybe repeats it a couple times and then the guitars kind of like wail on it for like a little bit right and that and that word or phrase is usually the title of the song yes yes and like this was when i was listening to it uh for the first time this was the song where i was like oh i get it now like this is I bet I know. I bet I know. I bet I know what the chorus of Colony Collapse is going to sound like (laughs) coming up. Um, No, so so I I thought that was uh, yeah yeah that was that was cool. And then uh, like reading online a little bit into the album um, and the band, and it was like I read online that this is what they think of their killer, what their 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 concerts that they do. And this is like this song is meant to capture the feeling of them playing live for all of their fans. And they couldn't even be bothered to like make a single rhyme in the entire uh, song. Uh, Again, talking about (laughs) uh, more juvenile, I thought, uh, songwriting. It was just kind of I don't know. I thought it was I thought it was uh, it was really nice. That sounds to me like they're trying to be a little tongue-in-cheek. I've never seen Killing Joke live, but on on live videos, uh, at least in the early days, they did really seem to be like, you know, they don't have contempt for their audience, um, despite what lyrical content might might lead you to believe. No, no, no. I didn't see it as uh, uh, that at all. I thought it was like something... Uh, them talking about, I don't know, it being like rapture and it being like everyone coming together. Uh, I don't know. And maybe, you know, but then, uh, yeah, but then again, like the free me from all materialism, let every (laughs) breath and act have meaning. I was just like, oh, like, oh man, that guy definitely. Yeah, I think that's just going to run with that. That's almost like straight up a Bible quote. Yeah, probably. So you don't want to workshop that? No, we're gonna go with straight to take it. Okay. This is this is. What, the, this oh, we got we got to get an album out, love. I think this yeah. band would be easily bottable. I think you could create some sort of generator that could just pump out killing joke lyrics based on on what I've seen like so far. Uh, 
that kind of brings me into my comments, oddly enough. (laughs) (laughs) Is this song sort of reminds me like of like KMFDM, honestly. (laughs) I can see that. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. It's just got that kind of, you know, single riff guitar aesthetic over dancier kind of drums. But yeah, I I don't know. I I think that that in turn actually kind of makes it a weirdly catchy song as well. Like, I thought it was definitely catchy the first few times I heard it, even though, like, yeah, again, the song needed to be about a minute and a half shorter. (laughs) It does have a... It has a nice little vocal cadence going on yeah, in the actually, verses. I like the verses, uh, the, the the vocals during the verses. It's just like if I if I don't pay attention to the lyrics, it's just a nice little melody. <laughs> I think I don't we're have that problem in a lot of them because I have a hard time understanding what he says. Yeah, with the way yep. it's, with the way it's produced, and there's like a lot of yeah. typically on his vocals anyway. That you know you, you you don't like unless you want to go out of your way to find the lyrics. You can probably <laughs> listen to this and not worry too much about a lot of the, the the juvenile things that we're pointing out. Yeah, I didn't know any. I I knew the lyrics to one song that he sings more clearly. I'm only just now looking up some of these lyrics, and some of them are pretty. Gosh, they're bad. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of lyrics that, gosh, they're bad. Uh, I feel like that that leads us into the next song, bro. collapse um again i rapture okay not my cup of tea um colony collapse kind of picks it up um it's a little bouncier um the guitar is a little cleaner uh more more riffy not as as like single string um hammered um he does he does do some like little dissonant licks he kind of does like a a sing-along with the main melody there Mm um this one again Eschewing solos, this one kind of like takes takes like a little mid song instrumental break, kind of like for the different instruments to like you know play off of each other, like do a little call and response. Something I, I feel like a lot of other <laughs> tracks could have used. Um, and then for some reason, there's this weird synthesized buzz going on throughout the whole thing, which I didn't even realize was there until I listened to it today on a new set of speakers. Mm-hmm. And I, and I'm I'm not quite sure why it's there. But um, since Byron seems to have some choice thoughts on this one, why don't you take it away? <laughs> uh, actually, I, I, this, 
the lyrics like so so two things like naming a colony collapse on my first listen notes i just have the literally uh, for most of these i had like uh four or five things that i've like jotted down but for this song all i had written down was bees were running <laughs> out of bees um, wow 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 you guys take notes for this shit <laughs> that uh no this was my first time because uh, i wanted to i wanted to take a serious uh serious approach um mm-hmm. To, to this album because it looked like a serious album for serious people. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then, Running out of bees is a serious issue. <laughs> right. And it's, it's affecting us now and nobody knows what's going on. And so, so, um, but it turns out actually it's not even about as much an environmental collapse um, as about nanomachines and gray goo <laughs> and the plot of that. Gray goo. Uh, nanomachines. You know, yeah, the that really bad Michael Crichton novel, Prey, um, from like the early two thousands, like all of that. Uh, it's like a sci fi like B movie. Um, it's about the collapse of what makes us human because nano machines. Right, a gray goo of nano sea. <laughs> oh God! Future so eat us. Beloved mother, intervene. Um. So so yeah, that's uh, that's what I think of this song. I like the bounciness of it. I like that yeah. it's 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 definitely like a lot different than the first three tracks I had going. Like those were like industrial sludgy kind of things, and this kind of I think that this song and the next song in particular both kind of go their way to be more in a traditional rock kind of sense. Um, and I at least I I like listening to it. I think it's an alright song. I totally dig it. Yeah, I kind of I don't know this this song's got kind of a like a beat to it that mm-hmm. sort of had my ears a little bit more. And I think the guitar work here is more interesting than it was on Rapture. And I actually do like sort of like the buzzy synthesizers that are going on because I think they make the synths a little more present in yeah. the mix. Although speaking of the mix and maybe this is just me, but some, I, I listen to these to these album listening club picks mostly in my car until like the last week before we listen to them so that I have them like fresh in my mind on like good speakers and good headphones. Uh, something that really started to bother me about this album is that whenever the guitars are like double tracked and it's not just like the simple lead lines going on when it's just like the big heavy metal double track guitar things there's a really annoying resonant peak that they didn't mix yeah, out and it's on every track <laughs> every track that that happens on it's there too it's really really distracting yeah like i thought like i seriously like i took down some of the foam insulation in my bedroom and put them behind our home stereo speakers just to see if like it was like the liveliness of my living room that was creating that but mm-hmm. no, it's there in headphones too. <laughs> See, I thought, I thought, oh, did 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 he accidentally like rip it at a lower bit rate or something? So I tracked down a higher res copy. I fucking bought the album because I liked it. Um, yeah, this this was no, this wasn't a rip. This was um, this was a digital download. <laughs> yeah, so so I picked up a copy from Amazon. It's like, oh no, that's actually still there. This thing, <laughs> this thing still has a weird underwatery thing going on, and I hate it. And I want to mix that it was, out so bad. 
that was the problem I had when I was listening to it um, before. I was like, oh, this just sounds like, I don't know, this has problems. It's not that good of a quality. And I was like thinking, should I try to track down the CD and rip that and send that mm-hmm. out? And that's the same thing. It sound like I mean, no, is- we all legally bought these albums. That's how we do this on the album listening club. Well, but, except but- for PC music because well, that's free. I I listen to all of them through Spotify, so I know that the Killing Joke received about point zero 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 one five cents for me <laughs> listening to the the album uh, the entire time. It's it's seven tenths of a cent per stream. <laughs> yeah, there you go. But yeah, like that resonant peak is just there the entire album, and it's yeah. just like, how do you not take something like that out? Because that's I mean, like even if, like, even if it might fit into the aesthetic you're going for, it's not pleasing. It it, it sounds like he left his wah pedal on. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, do you think um do you think they didn't fix it because they thought the world really was going to end and they had to get it out in a hurry? Might just be. Might just be. This is the uh, band that took off to Iceland in the mid '80s because they thought the apocalypse was coming. Oh nice. my god! It's like <laughs> I don't, they're, they're I probably doing know. it just to dodge some contractual obligation, but that's the story. Yeah, <laughs> it's like I don't I don't even know how that kind of thing gets left in. Yeah, like not filtering out that kind of bullshit is like the first thing they teach you. Yeah. That's pretty early in like any audio engineering course you're going to take. That's one of the first things is like how to get rid of terrible fucking frequencies. Uh, but okay. <laughs> any, any more thoughts before we move on? Uh, but yeah, I'm running out a, of bees. But yeah, it's an, it's another KMFDM song. Okay, I, <laughs> but, I, I, I can kind of see not a bad thing, but you know, I can just... kind of see what you're talking about with this one. Not so much the last one, but you know, KMFDM having gone over many, um, many iterations. Uh, this one kind of reminds me of uh, KMFDM song called Glory, just kind of in like the bounciness and whatever. The truth lies buried in a shroud of glory. <laughs> <laughs> or, or wait, maybe I'm thinking about a different one um, from the same album. No, it is. It is glory. Yeah. It. There was a, there's, a, there's a lot of songs I know on that album, Boner. Don't put this evil on us. <laughs> <laughs> is corporate elect and talking about your um teenage poetry oh my god like as if the fucking song title doesn't give it away bad enough but 
Holy <laughs> shit. That said, though, like, 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 it's a constant theme for me in this album is that the lyrics are fucking garbage. Let's just be straight. Like, it wears its heart on its sleeve in, like, the worst way possible when you're trying to be a musician. But I really like this song because it just fucking rocks. <laughs> yeah, I think this... After, like, you know, you're almost halfway into this. You're, like, halfway into this album. The album needed this song because they finally upped the BPM on their metronome <laughs> and just let themselves kind of go balls to the wall rock. Yeah, yeah, it needed yeah. to happen. Yeah, I have I have uh, written here uh, Foo Fighters just so I'd remember to say, yeah, that's what this reminds me of. <laughs> wow. <laughs> which which Dave Grohl actually did um, do production and drums on uh, another one of their albums. But um, yeah, a lot more punky and upbeat. Um it's it's got some elements like some pre-chord chord changes, which I think a lot of the other songs needed because a lot of them don't change chords at yeah, all. Yeah. Um, which which doesn't um, allay the <laughs> the repetitiveness problem. Um, however, as fast of a song it is, it really could stand to be like a, a verse, a chorus repeat shorter. Um, I I kind of realized that when I played it on one of those um, internet download jukeboxes in a in a pub. Um, one of those weird things, because uh, getting back to the corporate aspect, Killing Joke, having been on like dozens of different record labels throughout the course of their career, it it kind of feels a little too on the nose. Yeah. I mean, you know, the true cynic would say, well, why aren't they just like recording this in their garage on a four track reel to reel and like handing out demos and whatever? I mean, they've 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 pretty much been a part of the corporate machine, um, but. These little internet download jukeboxes, usually you'll find whole albums by a band missing just because one of them happened to be on a different record label. Yeah. So <laughs> so I played this song um, after one of our late night trivia sessions, and then as it was going on, I was like, damn, this thing's still going. I can feel like everybody around me like, what the hell is this shit, and why is it still on? Like, <laughs> and it's one of the shorter this? songs. Yeah, like, who fu- who's the jerk that played November Rain? <laughs> Uh, yeah, that said, I I find the lyrics in this song, reading them now, a little less wretched than Rapture and Colony Collapse. Although I don't, if I can put on my social justice underpants right now, I don't really appreciate kind of the ableism in the sort of refrain. <laughs> yeah. Because when I was when I was listening to this, I thought they were saying AT and T generation. I did too. No, yeah, and, I'm and like, that okay, would have but... made more sense with the with the, the message you're going for. With with you know corporations being the only entities that have any kind of power, AT and T generation would have fit like the theme a hell of a lot more. But no, if they're saying ADD generation. I'm just like, oh fuck you, Jazz Coleman. Ouch. Yeah. Well, those damn kids and their eye thingies and their bounce pads and bounce texting pads. and shit. A subject we'll get to later in this album. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, we, we've gone full John Thayer on this album. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It all comes back to Sonic. I, uh, I, me personally, I loved this song. Like, like you guys said, uh, 
I, I thought it was like it was kind of like punky, and finally they they turned it up. It reminded me of something uh, I would have expected to find in like a Tony Hawk Pro Skater game <laughs> on the yeah. soundtrack. You know yeah. what I mean? Maybe especially like to- Tony Hawk Two, um, like somewhere with Power Man of like five thousand or whatever, <laughs> and and Bad Religion and all of those other uh, bands. I feel like this track would have like fit right there. Uh, on like some skateboarding like uh, compilation video. Yeah. Because um, yeah, we all yeah. know who sticks it to the corporate man is, is endorsed Hawk. endorsed professional skateboarders with <laughs> multi game video game franchises. Oh yeah, it's the punkest. It's the punkest thing ever. You see, this just this just re- remind this just makes me think that this song is Killing Joke's version of that cover of Sonic Reducer that was on Tony Hawk's American Wasteland. Oh, <laughs> wow. uh, that soundtrack was the worst. Woof, woof. <laughs> <sighs> Do we have anything else to say about corporate elect? <laughs> I don't think so. I'm all corporate we, out. We we all got fooled again uh, many times. said i really didn't look at the lyrics either and this was a, a song coming up that you actually could hear and understand the lyrics um in Cythera, mm. which uh i have written here sounds like um take on me and boys of summer had an awkward goth baby <laughs> okay that's fair so yeah. And um, and also to harken back to another thing uh, previously mentioned, the bass sounds like it's synth at first, mm-hmm. and then as the song picks up, you're like, well, no, this is actually a bass synth. Well, are, are there is there like synth bass and the actual bass guitar playing at the same time? Are they interleaving? Maybe I'm giving it too much credit. Um, <laughs> that, that is totally possible. <laughs> that's that's exactly what I thought was happening. Was that they were it, interleaving? It, they but. But what we have here is a, just a nice little, you know, little happy, positive, upbeat song, I guess. Uh, Which it's, it's, it's really out of place in the kind of album that they're trying to make, but I, I get the sentiment behind the song, and I get that it's actually very personal and really important. I, I, The song I'll compare this to, this song would have made a lot more sense at the end of this record, because... 
the song it reminds me of is In This Twilight by Nine Inch Nails, which is a song off of their Year Zero album, which has a very similar conceptual story to 2012. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Except that album is way better. <laughs> also true. That's you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Year Zero <laughs> okay, is but, pretty good. Okay, but l- let's be honest. If we're gonna start comparing stuff to Nine Inch Nails, there's only so many bands that that's not just hideously unfair for. <laughs> yeah, well, a lot of things aren't gonna hold that kind of water. But actually, that, I, I really that'll like that'll this. probably this is like that'll probably la- be the John Thayer guest uh, podcast. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yes. You guys like the Downward Spiral? I hear the kids have never heard that one before. It's this hot new indie album. Um, I like <laughs> the, the, the song, problem? though. But the, the, it's just like the last thing I expected to hear on this album was synth pop, though. Yeah. <laughs> and even when it like does break into the guitars, that's you know it gets a little bit more uh, thrashy and and you know soaring, I guess, because yeah. it's really it's really yeah it's low key synth pop. Um, and. Not not really that much else to say about it. It's just like a big dissonant. Here's a thing in the middle of the album. Yeah. <laughs> um. It uh it, it's funny like <laughs> like uh, uh I I uh, the synths and and everything with it totally reminded me like, to the like the song to the intro to like a Sonic game. Uh, <laughs> that's like totally <laughs> what I was thinking anytime I was I was listening to this song is like this totally especially the intro to it. Uh, would make like would be so fitting for like a 3D Sonic <laughs> game. Um, it it also had my favorite. Maybe this isn't like a band that has solos uh, as much, but this had uh, my favorite. I think sequence in the album of the guitarist kind of like noodling around for for like four bars, uh, yeah, four to eight yeah. bars. Yeah, um, it, it had the having an instrumental like, break at all is a welcome change. Yeah, yeah, but it so, does it does still go go on a little too long though um, with the repeat choruses, especially how he um, mm-hmm. does the same main melody like at the end of the chorus. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So, but but it was uh, it was good. It was catchy. Uh, I found out it was the single um, for yes. the album. So so yes. maybe yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, uh, I also like this song. It's perhaps I would rank it number two or three, depending on how I feel about a song later when we talk about it. (laughs) But I think this is the one. Yeah, this is the song I was referring to when I earlier mentioned that there is one particular song where the lyrics are actually understandable. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Mm. But yeah, I, I think in terms of the lyrical content, this is the song where the lyrics are the best on this album. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. And yeah, I think it's where, you know, finally like the synthesizers, drums and guitar finally all sort of agree with each other. <laughs> right. And there's like, you know, a little space in the spectrum carved out for each of them. The actual producer took a day off. The, the, <laughs> the instruments got together and decided we're going to do our own shit now. He snuck in. But it's also it's I guess sort of the references in this song are sort of interesting to me because Sethira is an island sort of like off the coast of Greece that has for hundreds of years been used as sort of a metaphor for paradise in art and literature. Yeah. 
mm-hmm. and it's also the title of a sci-fi novel which has very similar sorts of like messages to this song and this album in general but it definitely there, I compared it to In This Twilight because it's sort of like it's sort of like the last hopeful look at the end of the world and it's like oh well maybe in the afterlife we'll be happy together mm-hmm. because yeah it's it almost because, sounds like a a longing thing of like you know whether it's and and you could look at this as like being a family member or a, you know a romantic partner or whatever but it's like somebody who's not there anymore and probably won't ever be again for whatever reason mm-hmm. um Without without looking into it that way, it just it's kind of syrupy almost. Um, <laughs> maybe yeah, it could have used a little bit more muddiness. I don't know to just kind of um, <laughs> kind of break it up a little bit because otherwise it's just like I, I wrote a song just for you. <laughs> yeah, but I at the same time I think it's it's the moment where this album's taking itself too seriousliness becomes earnest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> like there, there's, there's something endearing about this synth pop love song planted in the middle of all of this industrial doom metal nonsense. <laughs> and infinity we're gonna go back down to sludge town with prime mobile and well, uh i, I, I gotta say yeah. what'd you say you fell asleep uh yeah sorry sorry i i, I fell asleep uh, as you were introducing this song just oh. because it reminded me of uh, the entire of the entire uh of the song itself Oh, wow. Well, I think we agree then, because I find nothing remarkable or interesting about this song whatsoever. Yeah, this song is boring. (laughs) (laughs) Boner, what do you think about... Uh, You're all wrong. Um, This is the best song on the album. (laughs) 
all take turns kicking Boner in the ribs. Why not? No, we it's, did it it's... to Byron last time. <laughs> For like a solid two hours. <laughs> you all have the right to be wrong every now and then. Um, I I really like just like the the you know the grimy. Uh, plottingness of this one it's like uh you know the bass actually moves on this one and kind of, instead of kind of droning mm-hmm. um while his gar- guitar is more harmonic and not really not really carrying the main riff um there's actually bell chimes in it which i think also just kind of kind of ups the gothiness um because you know gotta have things associated with churches and orchestral stuff to be goth as fuck um and it actually, you know, does little breaks and chord changes. Um, like right before the chorus when, you know, Jazz starts shouting um, as he's prone to do, it actually drops in intensity and changes chords. It sounds to me like they were trying to write songs more like um, their their 80s stuff. Because uh, their 80s stuff, I mean, again, you know, a lot of them are very mid-tempo, straightforward, and they don't do solos. They're not trying to be more high-minded, I guess, with the instrumentation mm-hmm. than it is. Um, it sounded This song sounded like they were trying to make a marriage of that 80s killing joke songwriting with the new sludgier, industrial, grimier soundscape that they've been doing since, like, um, since they got back together in the mid-90s. But yeah, that's that's my take. Obviously, you guys didn't uh, <laughs> didn't have as ringing of endorsement for that it. That was pretty universal there until Boner got the taller. Like, yep, this thing's shit. Yeah, I think the problem with this song is because it doesn't go full out Sonic Assault wall of sound guitars. It just sort of opens the sounds and the space up for you to hear how little is actually going on with the synths and the drums and the bass. <laughs> yeah. And I think that like the first five or six tracks they're like for me anyway, I think that those they're all pretty strong tracks musically because of just how saturated with noise that they are. And I think that, you know, they're good songs too. And I think that when you put this song up against any of the six preceding tracks, it just doesn't mm-hmm. hold water. This would have been a really good B side, maybe. Yeah. yeah, and it's just, it also, it also, this this song doesn't feel like it has an identity. Yeah, because it's just like there are, like each song before this kind of had like a distinct thing about it, and this song is just like, oh, we're hitting like some of the same things we hit with Insathera and Pole Shift and Colony Collapse, but we're doing it kind of in a I don't know, ballad-ish way. <laughs> uh, this one's supposed to be more of a funeral dirge. I guess, like, at this point, the apocalypse has already happened, and now we're um, <laughs> now we're putting humanity to rest, um, which would make more sense if it came later on the album, but yeah. Yeah. Just, just taking a quick peek at the lyrics that's and, you know, just the plottingness of it all, that's my take. Like, you got your gun in the first act, and you fired it. Jesus Christ, people, come on. Like, learn to hold it a little bit. Crash, 
that, um, <laughs> oh, from that rousing, you know, just just sing along, feel good anthem with a uh, glitch. So, nope, you've got a glitch. Oh, uh, <laughs> oh, oh. You want a fucking rock song? Oh, okay. Hey guys, oh. there you go. Nailed it. Yes, it's it is a fucking rock song. Tell us about it. You want a fucking rock song? Here's your fucking rock song. This is kind of like this is the song this is a song that I think that bands like uh like Coal Chamber and stuff. This is the song this is the kind of song that they think they're making, but they're doing a hilariously bad imitation of, whereas instead this, they're making big truck. That's you know, and like that's this and like it's like I can hear like Rob Zombie trying to use this kind of song as a template, and it's just like you and they're just completely missing it. Whereas like they are like whereas Killing Joke are completely at home in this song. Like this is a confident stride of a song. It's just like probably second or third favorite track on the album. It's just loud, boisterous, a rock song through and through, and that's why I fucking like it because it's just like, yeah. hey, balls to the wall, don't give a fuck. Here's some loud. Yeah. yeah. This for me, this song. This is like if FEMA Camp's not my favorite, this one is. Mm. But this song is definitely you know sort of like a bigger more aggressive version of corporate elect for me. <laughs> I see, yeah. And yeah, a little bit. It's got like a different kind of like barking sort of aggressive verse thing. And it's where the where Jazz Coleman really just kind of goes all out in his snarling vocals. Yeah, I don't think it there's does, like I, like does he do a clean vocal at all in this song? I don't think he does. Yeah. Not as far I think as it's I can all. Uh, think yeah, it's yeah, in the um, in the pre. Right, right, right. Yeah, but yeah. it's mostly snarled and angry and gravelly and works really well. Yeah. Yeah. And this this song also has more lyrics than any other song on the album. Yeah, it's surprisingly mm. got a full lyric sheet. <laughs> yeah, although it is it is kind of. It's sort of in the same vein as Colony Collapse in the we're terrified of technology because we're in our 50s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, is glitch a word people use about programs and computers? Well, make the song that. <laughs> well, that was, uh, that was the, I, I, I thought it was, it was kind of like uh, listening to like my mom complain or something. I'm There's so, a glitch. Like, Ah, uh, the solar storms have come, and, and chaos is ruling outside. The freezers broke. The the food is off, and, and the GPS has died. Byron, uh, I, I don't know what we're gonna do about it. Um, iPhones, yeah. laptops, it's one big belly flop. <laughs> Servers, yeah. TV, alarms, and security, and everything's gone in seconds. So that's like, yeah, it 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 felt so uh it, it it felt really silly uh, it with is that. silly it's very silly but i just like it because it's loud yeah the loud makes up for the just it, absolute silliness that the lyrics are it, it it's started a, out kind of like another a, oh after you it's uh, it's another rocker after two slower songs yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Talking about feeling comfortable with this kind of song, um, maybe a little too comfortable, like the rising uh, chords that you know precede the the down and dirty and kind of bouncy, but just still really grimy parts. Um, 
they did a lot of that rising chord stuff on their um, 1985 album Nighttime. There's one song in particular, Kings and Queens, that it almost sounds like they lifted that right out of. <laughs> well, they're mm. old, you know. They probably forgot that that <laughs> album even existed. <laughs> we forgot they wrote that. <laughs> into trance which is also begins with like almost a the beautiful people beat and then jumps into a new order dance beat and that's <laughs> not really much more interesting than that this is the second song on the album where i listen to it and go wow this song just is boring as fuck <laughs> it's 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 got, it's got the unfortunate what i like to call the song before the last track syndrome where those are always like the hardest songs to either sequence in an album or they're always like the track that had the least amount of effort put in or the least interesting it's just you can look at almost any great like even some great albums and like that first before the last track is probably the weakest on the album so can i coin a term for that go for it penultimate titus boom boom penultimate titus hey not not every penultimate song can be the reflecting god. See, that's because the reflecting god is the best goddamn song on that album. Although, man, man that you fear is the second best song on that album. Yeah, that's whew. that album. Goddamn. Let's just talk about Antichrist Superstar. There we, go. we got another hour. We could just do that. Yeah, sure. This uh no, I love the the new order, the like disco bass drum going on, the like they got some slap bass uh going on, the bridge and chorus part I thought it was like I, I thought it was uh if this song had only been two minutes, uh <laughs> Andor uh had a deep house uh remix, uh I think I would have really loved that. It's six uh, minutes and nine seconds. And even though it doesn't feel that long, it's way longer than it has any right to be. Yeah, it's yeah, the second yeah. longest song on the album. <laughs> yeah, it did not need to be that long. Not at all. That's all I have to say about this one. It, this whole problem of Killing Joke repeating themselves, it's nothing new. On on the Pandemonium album, it happens a lot. There's one song on there that kind of does the same thing. It tries to be a, a just straightforward um Four on the floor dancey song. That's a thing that the kids say. I guess that one's a bit more of an industrial one. But after about like the sixth time he starts the chorus, I'm like, is this still going on? Yeah, like just come on, you don't need. Or if you're going to do the chorus, make different chorus lyrics to kind or, of. But, 
you know? Or put some bridges in there. Yeah. Like Prime Mobile did something kind of like that. I don't know if that really counts as a bridge because it happens twice. But it's something the whole album needed a lot more of, and it's really evident here, because this one just does not change it up at all. No, it's just one straight shot to the end, and it is a very long shot. <laughs> yeah. This 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 song and this album are generally suffering from an arrangement problem. <laughs> arrangement problem and lack of wanting to use those editing tools to trim things down a bit. Because technology is scary. The technology is scary. We didn't use tape. Is, tape is linear. We understand that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At last, dark years of grieving come to an end. All tones and habits invoking love wins and friends. The graveyard. Eve. Um, so, since you guys love Prime Mobile so much, I'm I'm interested to hear your hot takes on on All Hallows Eve. I, I like think, it. Yeah, I think it's a <laughs> splendid closer. I think that it brings all of the themes back together. It also brings in uh, like themes of like ancestor worship and stuff. It's kind of weird, but it also. Yeah. But we've also kind of like seen that in previous tracks as well. I think that it's. Um, it's surprisingly slow and sludgy, but it's got like a nice synthy tinge to kind of round everything out, and it's not yeah, it's, as gravelly. It's major and, key. It's it's kind of a happy song, despite being another funeral dirge. Yeah, I think yeah. that it's just a great little cap to the album's overall musical sound and mood, and like just its lyrical themes. I think it's just a really great closer. It's. The song is sort of like if FEMA Camp and Insathira had a child together. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because it contrasts like the sludgier sort of beat and chorus bits with the synth poppy somber major key verses. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, yeah, the lyrical content. Um, you know, talking about you know the graveyards are all empty. Um, it's you know wake up people. It's you know it's it's time to just have a big old party. It's like all the all the ghosts are coming it's the, home. Uh, to the rest. intro, the song from uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. It's the <laughs> this is Halloween. That's like literally <laughs> this fucking song right there. <laughs> I, ne- I didn't think about it that way. <laughs> that is the one way. That is one way to look at this song. Yes, I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was cool. Uh, you know, they ended ended the album 
uh, like all great albums end uh, with a slow jam. Yeah. Um, I I always think that's like you know a classic move, especially for like metal albums uh, and other stuff like that. Mm-hmm. There's even I, I think. Uh, a little bit of acoustic guitar somewhere in there. Yeah, it's uh, like they really gave the guitars a night off with this one, but it it still comes out there like kind of midway through the song. Yeah, it's like oh oh there you are. He did, he finally showed up. He was running a yeah. little Yeah. Um, um. So yeah, definitely like very alt rocky and very like the the everyone would be uh, putting up their lighters at this point in the in the, yeah. in the song this, or their this, their e cigs I guess at this in twenty twenty sixteen cell cell phones yeah uh, cell phones. Uh, <laughs> but 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 yeah that was uh, I thought it was interesting it was like celebratory like uh, kind of like rapture was like I, I I'm kind of assuming like it's it's about the band and uh, fans or the band touring and just kind of like. Ah, we're all together. We're all the the all house Eve celebratory party. And um, hooray! So thought, the world ended. Woo! Yeah, the yeah world yeah. ended, and we're gonna keep on rocking. Um, I think it might be one of those, um, maybe not like specifically personal songs, because you know, be, being in the industry as long as they have, they probably like worked with and collaborated with a lot of guys that are no longer with us. Um, mm-hmm. uh, again, the their. Uh, off and on again bass player paul raven and you know we've we've also lost um just this year alone uh lemmy and um mm-hmm. bowie, uh, and... bowie yeah exactly so um yeah just kind of like bringing it all home like that and like paying tribute but you know just being positive about it it's like you know death death isn't permanent we'll all be together again and maybe not the afterlife but just like you know we're still connected having having lived on this earth and known each other just like um it's it's just kind of a good sentiment yeah exactly no that's (laughs) that's not 2012 the third impact's not till 2015 i would be we're all we're all dead we're we're broadcasting from the afterlife we're not even broadcasting this is a podcast i would we're bubbling up from the ooze i would be tang with all of you i would be orange tang with all of you I'll give you some tang. Yeah, you will. You, you see, you see, the sea of LCL has just got to be just one giant psychic orgy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everybody's just all up in everybody's business. They ain't no stopping it. You can stop that. So that's uh, that's Killing Joke 2012. Um, closing thoughts. You know, favorite, least favorites. We mm. made it. We survived through 2012. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This 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 podcast is full of the jokes this time. <laughs> just pulling out all the funds. Oh wait, I sent the wrong album. I meant it's in Russia's twenty one twelve. God damn it. Uh that makes a lot more sense. That makes <laughs> that makes it, it, you know it's not thematic, 420 yet. thematically, perhaps not very different. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Good point. Uh, there's is there a song about trees on this one though? <laughs> mm, I mean a pole shift, glitch, maybe. Glitch, uh, glitch definitely got a little rushy uh, there at the intro, <laughs> yeah. uh, I think, before it turned into like a guar song. Um, <laughs> um, no, no, I, I, I thought the 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 album as a whole though was like uh, again, like I hadn't, I haven't listened to to music like this like since high school, so so I kind of enjoyed it, um, like uh, for a variety of reasons, and it was pretty good. Uh, I yeah, don't know we, if I'm ever going to listen to it again, but uh, but it was good while it lasted. It, it's okay. You had to leave the gap at some point and wander down to the hot topic. Right. Yeah. 
it's this subtle dig at PC Music Volume One. I don't know. In I case like you hot, missed it, I feel like Hot Topic sells mostly My Little Pony merchandise nowadays. <laughs> that makes sense. Serves them if right. You're telling me, if you're telling me I couldn't go to a Hot Topic and get a Killing Joke T-shirt there uh, this weekend, I I. I am go. telling you that with 100% certainty, as a matter of fact. I hope we see a follow-up to this. I hope that Byron comes back next episode and we've got like a follow-up to that. Like, Did he go? Did he find his Killing Joke shirt? I assume I'm like a decade older than anybody else who'd be shopping at a Hot Topic. Or even working uh, there. You see a lot of dads in Hot Topics for some reason. That's weird. Yeah, like, I guess. Yeah, they'd be like, "What the hell are you doing in here?" This is, this is my turf. <laughs> the economy went to shit, and now I gotta sell shit to people with one-inch holes in their ears. I was, I was a Walmart greeter, but now I work at a hot. <laughs> Ouch. But um, oh. I bought this album after I listened to it the first couple of times, so I like it. Nice, you know, even nice. though, even though it's got you know, some things about it that I don't particularly care for. I still think it's just a really rocking album. I like its overall sound. I like the gusto that it has. And um, even though I think that lyrically it could have been presented better, I like the themes that are there. So, uh, yeah, good album. Good album. What about Taylor? Um, I think as much as this album tries to make you not like it, (laughs) (laughs) I do think that this is a pretty good album, and I enjoyed my time listening and analyzing the material at hand here. Cool. Cool. Um, and so is, is, is that all for Killing Joke, Boner? Um, yeah, just uh, to sum up my thoughts, you know, I, I may have taken a first impression that was more positive than my subsequent listens, but then it, it kind of waned and then regrew on me um i'm still more of a fan of the the post-punk and the new wave era of killing joke more so than the industrial and the more um even experimental stuff so i might check out some of their back catalog that i've missed and they they actually released an album uh in 2015 pylon um i get the sense that these guys are kind of old and they're just you know doing it because what the fuck else are bands this old gonna do except keep touring i mean acdc just just now um oh god (laughs) had to replace brian johnson with axel rose what the fuck uh that is now i have heard axel rose singing acdc songs yeah and while and while he does an okay job it's still that like at what point is what at what point does at what point does Angus Young just admit that this is just the Angus Young project? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's it's unfortunate. But yeah. Uh so that is Killing Joke 2012. We are the SNS Album Listening Club. And when we put out another episode, you'll know about it. Because we do these fairly regularly, in case you haven't been able to tell lately. But okay. no, it's just been one thing after another lately. That's it's been it. way too many goddamn things <laughs> going on, and just yeah, um, all uh, back. 
hopefully, you know, like within a month or so, we'll have another episode ready. And we've, we're going to be incorporating something new to kind of involve the audience a little more at some point uh, in the future. So stay tuned for that. But uh, with that, we're going to close out this album listening club. And remember, listen to more Death Grips. Yeah.